What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 30 of Sports Talk Buffalo. Sorry I missed last week. I had a lot of things I had to do. I couldn't get a podcast out there, but there is no better week to get episode number 30 out there as the Buffalo Bills go undefeated in preseason for the first time in franchise history. And also during the weekend, the UB Bulls open up their season with a 38-10 trouncing of Robert Morris. Those are the two things we're going to talk about today. So stick around. We're going to have a fun episode. Before we jump into this week's show, I just want to take a time out to say thank you to everyone who has continuously listened to me week after week since the beginning of this podcast. We have grown slowly but surely, and for that, I thank you. Now let's keep the ball rolling and this podcast growing by you sharing me with your friends and family, your coworkers, or just anybody that you know that likes to listen to sports talk about Buffalo. Let them know you can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at SportsTalkBuffalo716. Again, thank you for all the support. Now let's jump right into the episode. All right, before we get into this episode, let's start it off as we always do with some top stories from around sports. The biggest news probably in the last two weeks is the fact that quarterback Andrew Luck of the Colts shockingly announced his retirement at just 29 years old. He would have been entering his eighth season. Luck stated it was health that ultimately led to his decision. Luck suffered multiple injuries in his NFL career, which include a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder, which caused him to miss the entirety of the 2017 season, a lacerated kidney, and at least one concussion, among others. We want to wish Andrew Luck the best in everything he does post-football career. Also in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins name Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Fitzmagic, as he is known around the league, as he just keeps winning starting jobs over and over again. Not bad for a seventh-round journeyman in the NFL. They named him the starter after a short quarterback competition with former 10th overall pick Josh Rosen. Moving on to the NBA, an arrest warrant has been issued for LA Lakers center DeMarcus Cousins on misdemeanor domestic violence charges in Mobile, Alabama. According to reports, Cousins said he would be he would put a bullet in her effing head during an argument over their seven-year-old son. Uh, This is with his ex-wife. Moving on to the NHL, veteran defenseman and 2016 Stanley Cup winner Ben Lovejoy announces his retirement from the NHL after 11 seasons. Lovejoy finishes with 544 games played, 20 goals, and 81 assists. That's going to do it for top stories this week. Stick around as we're going to have some fun talking about the Bills going undefeated in the preseason for the first time in franchise history and the UB Bulls getting their first win of the season over FCS Robert Morris. All right, welcome to segment number one here on episode number 30 in Sports Talk Buffalo. We're going to start off by talking about the Buffalo Bills going 4-0 and in the preseason for the first time in franchise history. I would have thought that they would have done this at some point prior to this season, 
but it hasn't been done, and uh, they did it in spectacular fashion, I might add. Tyree Jackson and the Buffalo Bills are down 23-6 to with somewhere around seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter when Tyree Jackson leads them on a touchdown uh, drive where he has a really horrendous-looking touchdown run. Uh, where he just gets absolutely tattooed at the goal line. But they give him the touchdown. He had uh, a fairly solid day rushing the ball. He had uh, eight carries for 77 yards and that touchdown, which I just just mentioned. Also, on the very next uh, drive, the Bills force a punt. They punt it to Marcus Murphy, and Marcus Murphy takes it, I, I believe it was 75 or 80 yards, to the house for another touchdown for the Bills jump-starting them and putting them right back in the game and an opportunity to potentially come out and steal a win against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Tyree Jackson gets the ball back with, uh, I believe, one minute and one second left on the clock, makes some key runs, has some clutch throws, and down on the goal line, Tyree Jackson has a, a very nice slant pass to David Sills the fifth to give the Bulls uh, the win 27 to 23 overall giving the Bills that fourth and final win in the preseason now obviously the preseason it doesn't really mean a whole lot as far as the actual season goes the Bills could be 4-0 all day long and then win three games in the regular season they're very vanilla defenses they're very vanilla offenses a lot of times you're not necessarily playing against the first strings. You're playing against the second and third and fourth strings. All guys trying to make the team and make it into the NFL. But overall, Tyree Jackson, he, over the course of the preseason, I would have thought he would have showed a little bit better than what he has shown. I, I think that he seemed a little nervous and maybe not so comfortable playing under center. And in this last game, he played from start to finish 100% of the snaps. And they talked about accuracy issues, and Tyree Jackson went 22 of 33, which is a very solid night. He did only throw for 175 yards, though. That would be kind of concerning if the Bills were to have or have to actually play him. He did throw one touchdown, uh, the game winning. T- he threw the game winning touchdown, mind you, but he didn't turn the ball over. That is a huge thing, uh, especially for a rookie undrafted free agent to come in and. You know, under all that, you know, that pressure, he's basically playing for a roster spot after Anderson retired. It really opened the door for Tyree Jackson to come in here and and steal a third uh, third quarterback roster spot for the Bills. At very least, I really, really hope that the Bills, if they do decide that they, they're not going to carry three quarterbacks, that there's just a lot of other positions of need because it looks like well, I don't want to say it looks like, we know that Matt Barkley is going to be the backup quarterback for Josh Allen, and I think that we're in actually very, very good hands with Barkley as the Bills' backup. Uh, We have a very good situation, probably the first time in quite a while that we have a very, very capable backup here in Buffalo. But again, if they do decide to cut Tyree Jackson, I really hope, and this is just the fan in me, this is the Bills fan, this is the, the UB Bulls fan, that they decide to keep him on the practice squad and really coach him up. I think he really has a lot of potential. The fact that he never had a quarterback's coach at all, 
uh, in his playing career up until college. And I don't really think he even really had his own personal quarterbacks coach in college. The fact that he was able to do the things that he was able to do. And he went, like I said, he went 20, 22 of 33 um, in, in his final preseason game. Overall, the preseason, he was 30 of 57 for 315 yards and that one touchdown in the passing game. So not world beater, but pretty, pretty solid. I think that last game and, and the, the heart and determination and the kid's just a gamer. And I think that he earned himself a, a, a spot on the, on the practice squad with that last game that he had, uh, and bringing the, the bills all the way back. Now, of course, there are some other considerations that need to happen for the Buffalo Bills, especially at the wide receiver position. Who do they keep? Do they keep seven receivers? Do they keep six? If they keep six, who are your six that the Bills do keep? Obviously, you know John Brown's got a roster spot. Obviously, you know Cole Beasley's got a roster spot. And then, kind of based on the way Zay Jones' parents have been talking on Twitter lately, it seems like either something of a trade is in the works, or or something like that. You know, they they seem very unhappy, and and Zay seems to have conveyed that he is not he may not necessarily be happy in Buffalo anymore. So Zay Jones might not be a lock to be one of the wide receivers on this team for very long uh, anymore. Then you have uh, Andre Roberts, David Sills, and uh, Duke Williams. So out of those guys, who do you keep? They brought Andre Roberts in here because he was an all-pro return man. But after you watch the return for Marcus Murphy, you wonder if maybe you don't necessarily need to have Andre Roberts here on special teams and that Marcus Murphy can be the fourth running back and fill that role on special teams and be the kick returner, uh, one of the kick returners for the Buffalo Bills. And that would open up space for the Bills to keep both David Sills, who had a fantastic collegiate career, and Duke Williams, a guy who was very highly sought after coming out of high school, had some problems in college, went to the CFL, and just lit it up in this in the CFL in his second year. I think if you were to cut anybody, unfortunately, I think it has to be David Sills. Duke Williams... Seems like he's just an NFL-ready type of wide receiver. He made a catch the other uh, the other night, not in his second, uh, the, the fourth preseason game, in the third preseason game on Matt Barkley's left. Barkley throws uh, throws a like a little fade pass to the the front pylon there, and Duke Williams goes up over the defender, snatches it, and then walks the defender into the end zone with his hands over his head. And the the power and strength and and catch radius and I think Duke Williams is the receiver that the Bills thought that they were going to get when they traded a third round pick to Carolina to bring in Calvin Benjamin and I just think that you need that size by the goal line and that catchability by the goal line and I I really believe that he's going to have earned himself a a roster spot especially with the amount of effort and his his blocking ability. He is a, a very solid person that, or a very solid wide receiver that I think can come in and, and be a contributor right away. I don't think we're going to have to wait for him. But I also, uh, when it comes to David Sills, again, I'm a very big fan of him. I'm a big fan of his story 
and how he's kind of even made it to this point in the NFL, in, in the NFL with his career. I think he should be on the practice squad with uh, Tyree Jackson. They can work on, you know, Sills is a little rough with his route running and things like that. He can work on his route running, and if there's an injury to the Bills, they can shoot him up to the big team. Same thing with Tyree Jackson. He can work more about being under center. He can work more about going through progressions and not just chucking the ball up. One of the things I've seen Tyree Jackson do, I believe it was in the second preseason game, he rolls to his right, nothing there, rolls back to his left, and then just heaves it downfield. Something that he did in the MAC conference that you just can't do, even against third and fourth string guys in the NFL. These guys are far too good, and those plays are going to get picked off more times than not um, at this level. But, like I said, I do think he has the potential to be, at very least, a solid backup quarterback. He possesses a lot of the same traits as Josh Allen does. And if Matt Barkley decides that he wants to move on and, I don't know, maybe he gets a, a chance with Josh Allen going down and somebody offers him uh, an opportunity to come and start for another team. I don't know. You know, there's a bunch of different scenarios that could potentially happen. But I think you keep Tyree Jackson again. He is a quarterback with a ton of potential, a ton of upside, a great big arm, unbelievable athleticism, and great size. Now, a lot of teams shy away from a guy who who is six foot seven, and because they, these kind of guys just they haven't had a lot of success in the NFL at that size. But as Tyree has shown, especially with the eight carries for 77 yards and a touchdown in the last game, he's not an immobile quarterback. His size doesn't hinder him. His size actually will benefit him. And those big, long strides chew up a lot of yards when he does decide to run. He does have a very nice, uh, you know, his throwing motion has gotten more compact and he's learning how to play under center. As evident with the 22 of 33, that is a very solid um, percent, completion percentage for Tyree Jackson. That is, again, I mean, he he started off really rough, and the fact that the Bills only had six points going uh, with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter is very concerning, but he was able to bring them back with his arm, and not just with his arm, with his legs, and that is something that we haven't seen and haven't had in Buffalo for a number of years, a quarterback be able to bring them back down that much in the fourth quarter. Normally, as a Bills fan, you think game's over, but not with somebody like a Tyree Jackson and hopefully a a Josh Allen to a greater extent because he's going to obviously be our starter. But we haven't had that that kind of quarterback play. It was just exciting to see. It was exciting to watch, and and I had a really good time. Um, going over the highlights and things like that of the fourth preseason game. Again, they set a franchise record in preseason wins, going undefeated in the preseason for the first time in franchise history, and doing it in spectacular fashion was just awesome to see. Now, the Bills did make two trades, and both of them are on the offensive line. Apparently, they believe that they now have the depth at O-line that they can trade some of these guys away. They traded guard Wyatt Teller to, and a 7th round pick in 2021 to the Cleveland Browns for a 5th and 6th round pick in 2020. They also traded center Russell Bodine, and here's the shocker, 
to the New England Patriots for a sixth-round pick in 2020. The Patriots recently had one of their centers go down, and he's going to potentially be placed on injured reserve with a blood clot, I believe, in his foot. So his season is probably going to be over. They needed to add some depth for center, and they went out and they grabbed Russell Bodine from the Buffalo Bills. Now, I don't know how I feel about some of these. Uh, you know, I, yeah, okay, they're they're good trades for Buffalo. Neither of these guys were going to start. They're depth guys. You can get some if you can get something for them. Great. You know, it's not necessarily always. Uh, you know, it's not a bad thing to be able to get something for for these guys. But we ran into this problem last year when they traded away AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman. Um, you know, he just wasn't the guy. And Josh Allen. Um, was thrust into action, and then Josh Allen got hurt, and we just really, you know, we didn't have the quarterback. We're, we're dragging quarterbacks in off the street, you know. We're, you know, Matt Barkley and this and that. I mean, Matt Barkley turned out to be great. It was a great story for him to be able to come on, and now signed in a two-year extension with the Bills. But I just don't want the Bills to get into that situation again, where they're trading away guys that have been with the team. I Bodine played a lot, quite a bit last year, um, and. And get themselves into trouble as far as depth goes, especially on the offensive line. But that's going to do it for at least this segment. Stick around for the next segment. I'm going to go over how the UB Bulls did in their first game of the 2019 season after they lost a ton of different or a ton of players at all the talent positions. So stick around. It's going to be interesting. All right, welcome back to segment two here on episode 30 of Sports Talk Buffalo. With this, I want to start talking about the UB Bulls, and I'm super excited that their season has just kicked off this past week with their big win over uh, FCS opponent Robert Morris. I was excited to see the new look UB Bulls, and I say new look because Tyree Jackson, obviously, we just talked about him. He went up to the NFL even though I think he should have used another year in college, but that's besides the point. Went up to the NFL, and we have redshirt freshman Matt Myers, who is a Western New York product. Uh, Matt Myers, if you don't know, he is one of only three quarterbacks in Western New York history to throw for over 2,000 yards and rush for over 1,000 yards in a single season. Started at West Seneca West, I believe. Went to Bishop Timon. Went back to West Seneca West in his high school uh, career. Brought West Seneca to a 13-0 record. Threw for all, like a shade under 2,400 yards. 24 touchdowns and like three inter- two interceptions, I think it was. Rushed for over 1,000 yards and had 22 touchdowns on the ground. So he is a pretty dynamic and pretty athletic player. And he won the job coming out of camp against... I, against Kyle Van Trees and Dominic Johnson. Now, I didn't really think, after watching the Bulls and following them closely for the last few years, I didn't really think Dominic Johnson was going to be any sort of threat to be the starting quarterback for Buffalo, but I did think that redshirt sophomore Kyle Van Trees would have a legitimate opportunity to win this starting job, as he did have a legitimate opportunity, but I really thought that he was going to end up winning this job uh, outright, he is a 
low three-star recruit, but he was a pretty solid quarterback. But he had more experience than Matt Myers, and I, I, I thought that they would probably go with experience over, uh, over talent at least to start the year. But I was wrong. Matt Myers came out and showed out. He did well uh, coming off of a hamstring injury, and he won the starting job. Um, Coach Leipold came out and said it's not just about the quarterback that gives us the best chance to win right now, but it is about the best quarterback to give us the chance to win in the future. It is the same kind of thing he did with Tyree Jackson. Uh, Tyree had a rough first year. He would he came back the next year, was playing really well, hurt his knee, and, and finished the season off with rattling off three straight wins, making the Bulls bowl eligible for the fourth, third time ever, I think it was. And uh, taking the Bulls to a six and six record, and you know Matt Myers, like I said, local product. He, I really, I wanted to see more from him in this game. I really did. I was really excited to go watch them. I was there. I was at the game. If you follow me on Twitter, Sports Talk Buffalo One, I think it is at Sports Talk Buffalo One, um, or just look it up, Sports Talk Buffalo. That's the handle on Twitter. Um, you know, I was really excited to, to see him play. I wanted to see what he would, what he would be able to do, especially against a lesser opponent. Now they only threw the ball 10 times and they ran the ball 41 times. They really protected Myers in this game. And I can understand it to a point. They just wanted Myers to get his feet wet. Just wanted him to get comfortable. The Bulls also, uh, not just down a quarterback, down their, their, starting center from last year, but they do return the other four uh, guys on the offensive line, which really helped out Matt Myers in the first game. And they lost five receivers. They lost their five best receivers from last year. So the receiving core is very fresh, very new, and it really showed. They didn't really get a whole lot going in the passing game. Matt Myers... To start the game, he was 5-for-7, I believe 5-for-7 in the first half for 69 yards and two touchdowns. In the second half, he was 0-for-3, and he got replaced uh, a few minutes, uh, a minute or two into the fourth quarter by Kyle Vantries. And both teams just seeming like they didn't want any injuries, wanted to get out of there. They both ran the ball until the clock was completely done. Um, so Matt Myers finished with 5-of-10 uh, for 69 yards. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, and he also carried the ball four times for 47 yards, including a big 34-yard run down the left sideline. He also, in his first, here's here's a fun fact for you, Matt Myers, his first collegiate completion, not his first collegiate pass, his first collegiate completion went for a touchdown, and his first collegiate carry went for a touchdown, so a really good start for Matt Myers. Um... Like I said, I wanted to see them throw the ball a little bit more and get him more comfortable with the game speed at the college level, at the Division I level, especially because next week's opponent is Penn State, and we play them down there. There's a a crowd of about 106, I read, 106,000, that is to be expected, and boy, oh boy, talk about being thrown into a fire as a redshirt freshman. But I think Matt Myers will be able to handle himself well. He handled himself well in this game. And the, the Bulls have a very dynamic running game with not just uh, Patterson and Marks, but they you throw in McDuffie and you throw in Anderson and you throw in Cook Jr. And they just have guys that can run on you for days. Um, 
They completely destroyed. Robert Morris knew what the Bulls were doing, and the Bulls did it anyway. That shows you how dominant they are on the ground. Patterson, the leading rusher from last year, he ran the ball 12 times in this game for 90 yards and a touchdown. Kevin Marks came out with 13 carries of his own for 75 yards. Uh, Dylan McDuffie, a very high, uh, highly touted recruit from Sweet Home, had four carries for 27 yards. Uh, Theo Anderson, another guy who's been on the team for a year or two, I believe. Um, very talented back. He had six carries for 27. And Cook Jr. had seven carries for 24 and a touchdown. Now, like I said, this is probably their best position on the team. They are completely loaded and completely stacked at running back. Now, here is probably their biggest weakness at, on the offensive side of the ball is their wide receivers. They said, uh, Leipold said that the tight ends were going to have to play a very big role in this offense, and he was true to his word as both touchdowns that Matt Myers threw were to Zach Lefebvre. He caught two passes for 43 yards and two touchdowns, and the only other guys to catch passes were uh, Marlon Johnson, one for 27 yards, Jared Patterson, one for three yards, and Kevin Marks, one for negative four yards. So, again, it wasn't, it it was very underwhelming, especially playing against such a lesser team, but they still dominated from start to finish uh, the whole game. They never, it was never really in doubt at all. Um, and it was, it was a solid win for the, uh, for the Bulls to start their season. But again, their, their level of competition goes from, you know, on a scale of one to 10 from about a two to probably about a 10, because in the preseason polls, the Penn State Nittany Nittany Lions, I'm sorry, I couldn't spit that out. Uh, Nittany Lions are ranked 15th, I believe in the preseason polls. Um, they play this upcoming weekend, um, and we'll see how they do this weekend. Um, special teams in this game, I got to tell you what, it started off really, really, really well for the Bulls. They didn't miss a single extra point, which thank God, because last year they were missing extra points a lot. Uh, I don't know the kicker's name off the top of my head, but everything he kicked was a shank, and I don't, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why. Um, they got a new kicker in here. Alex McNulty, he, like I said, he was he was money. They came out uh, to attempt a 40-yard field goal, and McNulty split the uprights right down the middle. It was a beautiful kick, and I think that the kicking game, they finally shored up the kicking game this year. That was their Achilles heel last year, I think, and something that could have really helped them um, take their team to the next level if they didn't necessarily have to go for it, you know, and they could just kick a long field goal and take some points and, and play some defense. Also, Anderson blocked a punt with his head in this game to start the game. I think it was the first punt um, by Robert Morris. It was blocked by Anderson, um, and that block led to um, the first collegiate touchdown, rushing touchdown for Matt Myers. He had an option play, um, and then Myers kept it, went to his left, and was able to just walk into the end zone for that. It was a, Overall, it was a pretty spectacular night. It was fun to watch. Uh, I really enjoy going to watch these, these college games and I'm getting more and more into the college game, especially the more the university at Buffalo does. They're adding a strength and conditioning center, 
right next to the stadium, it seems, a $5 million facility that's going to attract more recruits, higher recruits to come to Western New York. They just put in the uh, the new field house, the Murchie uh, family field house. They have uh, updated so much in the stadium and in the facility. And it is, it, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch this program grow. It's fun to watch them get bigger and, and gain more recognition throughout uh, college football and throughout Western New York, for that matter. The announced attendance last night was 18,014-12. That's a really solid number when you hear about it. The, the stadium only holds roughly over, a little over 24,000. So when you hear that number, you think, wow, that was a great crowd on hand. That is the attendance that I found for this last game. Being there, I can tell you there was probably about twelve to 13,000 people. Still not a bad crowd when you're playing up against the Buffalo Bills on the other side of town. Um, but you, I think you would still like to see more people there. But if they keep continuing to win, if they can upset the Nittany, uh, the Nittany Lions uh, coming up this week, my gosh, what it would do for the program and what it would do for this year for the Bulls. It would, man, it would just be an unbelievable stunner, and it would probably be the greatest regular season win for UB in its history. It would be absolutely spectacular, and I cannot wait for that. Okay, so that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you like what you're hearing, remember you can tell your friends and family. They can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Ditcher, Spotify, and of course right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at SportsTalkBuffalo716. Uh, next week, unfortunately, I have an, a tremendously busy week, so I will not be able to put out a podcast. So two weeks from now, when I'm able to put out episode 31, I will go over the Bills' first regular season game, and I will most likely go over how the UB Bulls fared against the Nittany Lions in front of a packed house of 106,000 screaming fans And it's just going to be a really fun episode. So thank you guys again for listening. Have a good week.